Good to be in the house of the Lord. Children, as they go back, um, boy, they're such a blessing. I'm thankful for all them babies and what God's doing for us in their life. Amen. Thankful for that. Um, I hope not to get too excited and throw that bottle of water in the floor. If I do, I'm just going to keep going like nothing ever happened. Amen. Y'all just look past me and. If you feel led to come wipe it up, well, that's all right. If not, I may be laying here. It'd be all right. But I, I'm thankful for what the Lord's done in my life. Amen. And I'm grateful for an opportunity and the honor to serve the Lord Jesus. And, and it's, a, it's a difficult task to stand in this position and know that God has a plan. And for you to be listening and be able to receive what God has to say and be able to say it exactly the way God wants it to be said. And, and it's, a, it's a humbling experience, and, and I pray that you pray for me today. And, and uh, you know, it seems like uh, this week I've had, last Sunday I sat there as Dad preached and, and uh, done a wonderful job, and I sat there and I thought about uh, during the message, and the Lord led me to another message. You preachers know what I'm talking about. Somebody will say something, Lord, your, His Spirit will start moving on you, and all of a sudden you'll say, Whoa, thank you, Lord. Here I go. You know, you start writing down, and thank you, Lord, for that message or that message or whatever, and thank you, Lord, for that confirmation or whatever that may be. But I'm thankful that the Lord cares enough about me that me sitting in Ider, Alabama on a front pew. And the third chair over comes and speaks to my heart. You know, I, Daddy asked a question last week, and I, I felt like it was worth asking again. And I just want to start with this, and I want to say one thing that really struck me, and it gets us down to a place of humility. And he said, if the church was like you, what kind of church would this be? Think about that. Where you are right now, if this church was made up of people just like you, where would it be? Would it be a soul winning church? Would it be busting out those doors, running out into the community, hugging necks and loving people, showing the love of Christ? Or would we just come and just sit on the chair? It's a good thought to chew on there a little bit. Boy, it's one of those to worry. Slide your feet back just a little. But you say, thank you, Lord. I'd like to, if you would, bow your he heads and let's say a word of prayer just a moment. And, amen, invite the presence of the Lord just to continue moving in this place. And as we preach and, and as God wants to do his work, would you, if you would, let's pray. Father, we want to thank you today, God, for your, for your goodness and your mercy, for everything that you've done in my life, in this church, Lord, uh, in the, the congregation's life, Lord, how you've moved and how you've helped us through times of need. But God, not only that, but you're always there. Lord, thank you for all the folks that's here today, Lord, the members, the visitors. God, I'm thankful for your son Jesus, for the blood that was shed upon the cross. God, let us never forget how important that very, that very thing is. God, Lord, we can get caught up in life sometimes and life gets busy. Uh, but Lord, let us never forget the moment, uh, Lord, that, that our life was changed. 
things, Lord. When we knelt down and said, Lord, I'm sorry. Uh, God, Lord, let us never uh, forget or, or not be mindful, Lord, that you're still in control, God. And you're, you have all power today. And, and Lord, uh, I just pray, God, that today, Lord, maybe we can just, uh, just, uh, just close in on those things, Lord, that's been hindering us. Uh, maybe the things, God, that uh, we haven't been doing that you want us to do. Or, or maybe the things that we've been doing that you want us to stop doing, Lord. Whatever that is today, God, let your spirit be free in this house. And, Lord, let it go to and fro from heart to heart. God, changing us, molding us into exactly what you want us to be. God, that your plan would be perfect in our life, Lord. That we as individuals would hunger and thirst day after day after day for more of your own heart. God, like David was, how he chased after you, Lord, let us be that people today. Lord, we love you and we thank you, God, and we praise you for all that you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. A thought I had on my mind, and I don't really think that I'm going to hold you very long today, so I want you to just stay with me. But I had a thought on my mind as I was sitting there last Sunday and felt like the Lord has spoken. My spirit said, the hands and feet. And, uh, you know, the Lord just keeps working and begins to speak, and and I feel like he led me to a scripture over in uh, over in Luke. It's actually in four different gospels, but uh, I got to get where I'm where I'm going. You can go be be flipping as we talk. But Luke chapter seven, verses thirty six through thirty eight, and we'll be also be going over to John thirteen, uh, starting with verse one there. If you want to go ahead and find that spot. But I got to thinking about the hands and feet. You know, the Bible talks about how he called us out to go out, and I know in the Bible they went two by two. But, you know, God has called each and every one of us in this house to be a witness, to be some form of godliness in our life, however that is that he has planned for you. And for that to come out of you into this world, I'm grateful that people in my life, I remember down through time and not any specific event, but I remember through time when moments would happen. And I remember that, you know, I, I look back and I think, thank you, Lord. That person came by in the right time just when I needed them. And I go on through life, the next, there's another moment where somebody came in and said exactly what I needed to hear. Then in another moment where that one came by and they hugged my neck and said, I love you, brother. And then another one came by, maybe it was in the middle of a sickness or something. These things in our life, we can look back and we can think about, thank you, Lord, that you were there. Talking about hands and feet, I, I first thought that my hands and my feet are very important to me. Think about how important your hands and your feet are today. I would dare to say that, uh, Brother Jared, won't you come be a good example for me this morning? I can do Jared this way. He's my buddy. But anyway, so Jared, step up here. I'm going to give you this. Not for you, but I'll, you can go give it to your wife, okay? No, I'm just kidding. All right, now put your hands behind your back. You can't. Now I want you to go give this to your wife. I'm trying to bless you, and you bless her, but go take it to your wife. 
You think our hands are important this morning? Thank you, Brother Jerry. Our feet, where they trod. I say it all the time about over in Psalms where it talks about for the word is a lamp unto our feet. Are we really letting God's word guide us in our path where we walk? You know, there could be a, there could be a path that it's easy and clear for me to see. But if I let my feet go over here, guess what? I'm not going where God wants me to. We can either go the right direction or we can go the wrong direction. When God calls us to, to be his child and we know that he sent his son Jesus to die in our place, that we might be born again. Hallelujah. Well, I'm glad I'm born again. That we might be born again, not of the flesh, but of the spirit. Being his child. And he, the Bible says to set our feet uh, and establish our goings, that we may be able to uh, go and do his work. On a solid foundation. But when life gets busy and things happen, my feet tend to wander. And I get off where God wants me to go. My hands, so you know what? It takes both of them. Think about how, how great it is. Uh, just let me say this. What if I couldn't move my legs? And then if, if God was gracious enough to bring something to me, my hands wouldn't work. And then here I am, I can't go nowhere, I can't get nothing, I can't get a hold of anything. Think about that for just a minute. God in this, listen, in this life, God is wanting so bad to use you. He's wanting so bad to bless you and your family, this church, your, your brothers and sisters. For, but sometimes we need to realize it's not really about me, but God, I want to get on your plan and I want to start moving my feet where you have me go. And Lord, when it's time for me to reach out and say, hey, brother, I love you. The hands and feet of God. So I thought about the hands and feet of God, how physically hands and feet are important to us. Um, I remember, I don't remember if it's my buddy Brad over here. Um, I can't remember if it was you or not, but um, I think it was. He he had an accident at, at a place he used to work and lost part of his pinky. I remember one thing that he told me, and it stuck with me for a long time. I think, if I remember right, you can tell me yes or no. They said, when I hold my chain, it don't always stay in there. It's, 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 that pinky holds that in there. You know, you kind of think about that. That's a little bitty part. But in the whole scheme of it, God's saying, if you can be the hands and feet for me, what a difference you can make. You may have been told all your life that you're not going to amount to a whole lot. But God said different. Okay, God said that there's going to be good things come from you and your family. God has blessings for you and your family. God has a place for you to go in your life. And he wants you to seek him out and find it this morning. Amen. I'm going to move on. Amen. The hands and feet of God. Thought about the hands and feet. Praise the Lord. Boy, if we could just be the hands and feet. There's people starving to death outside of these walls today that would love for you to be the hands and feet that came to their door. 
They would absolutely love no more for you to be that person in their life. They're searching for something, but yet God's saying, hey, listen to me. I want you to go over here next door to so-and-so's house. They're in much need this morning. They're in great need, and he was an example when he said in his word with the woman at the well, when he said, I must needs go by Samaria. God's telling you this morning, there's a need for you to go to Samaria. The woman sat there every day. She goes to the well. She dips in the well. She gets water, and she takes it back to her family. God's wanting to give you everlasting water. Something, a well springing up on the inside of you. When you're sitting at home all alone and depression's trying to come in, God says, no way. No way. You're my child. Just start praising God. We sung it this morning. Raise a hallelujah. How about quit being negative and say, thank you, Lord. This ain't easy, but I'm fixing to walk right through it. Hands and feet. Two examples today. Luke chapter 7, 36 through 38. I love how God's word seems to always work together. You know, the, the first commandment is what? Love God. We'll put it short. Just to simply love Him. Just to love Him. I want to ask you a serious question today. Are you loving Him with all that you are? Let me put it in a little bit different perspective. You and your wife, or you and your husband, do you give them all that you have? Do you give them all of who you are? Because it's a marriage between you and God. The Bible says in the end, when he comes back, he's going to receive what? How often do you not sit down and spend time with him? Daddy said it all my life. If I went home and never said a word to my wife, guess what? You know the end of the story. And the same's for you. The same is for you. But the first commandment is to simply love God. This story, I love what it says. And God gave me this sitting there in that front, front row. Luke 7, 36 and 38. And again, this is through several different, um, several different gospels. I think all four of them mention it. Some of them has some things extra and some don't. But. So let's read this in uh, Luke chapter 7, 36. And it says this. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. Just a cool point that I want to make. Who crucified Jesus? Yeah. Think about that. Who crucified Jesus? Who put him on the cross? Sadducees and who? Pharisees. Who'd Jesus go sit down with? That's good, ain't it? And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of oil. And stood at his feet behind him weeping. And began to wash his feet with tears. 
and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. I want to stop there. There's a lot of different paths you could take, okay? But what I feel like God was speaking to me and what was for today, as we've already said, the hands and feet, but a word that came to my mind was forgiveness and humility. Too often in this day and time, we're too proud. Um, we're not very humble. You know, the Bible says that one of the requirements unto salvation is that we become what? As children, humble. <laughs> you know, in my life, I've... Uh, I've been proud at times. It's okay to have a sense of pride for the good thing, for certain things that, that you're proud of. But I believe the Bible teaches us that pride can send you to hell also. You're too prideful maybe when the Spirit of the Lord comes and it begins to deal with your heart to get out of that seat and to go pray. Or maybe it's not, it's not, it's not a thing about being seen, but just to even acknowledge I don't think he would care if you run out them doors and went and got in your car and talked to him. Humility. You know, I think if our country and this, this land would come back to a place of humility and just be humble. Love one another. Just love one another. How many times at work, adults, have you seen people get too prideful? There's, there's no humility much anymore I thought about that but I thought about forgiveness and how Jesus forgives us in the hands and feet I began to think about this also there was a time in t talking about here um, this woman named Mary if I got this correct a lot of people think it was Mary Magdalene but it was not it was the Mary the the sister to Lazarus. <laughs> and I believe that Lazarus had already come back to life. So do you think that Mary understood how powerful Jesus was? I think about that and how that must have felt when your brother is dead. Listen to me, there's some of you in this building today that your family is dead. It may be you. I'm, not talk, I'm talking spiritually. There may be spiritual death inside of your being or inside of some of your family members. Miss Shirley says a lot, I'm praying for my family. Wanting them to come to know Jesus before it's too late. That's a place of humility. When somebody else is more important than you. When you love others like Christ loved us and gave himself for us. A place of humility. God, what do you want? God, I don't want to do what I want anymore. But God, I want to follow after you. Only then can we be the hands and feet. But I thought about Mary here. In our lives. And how it's very similar. I find myself often running and falling at the cross. 
and falling down before Jesus' feet in my mind. I know he's not here, but in my mind, my heart falls at the cross. When I make make a mistake or I stumble or I whatever that may be, it seems like I always say, Lord, please forgive me. Because there's something living on the inside of me that checks me every time. We talked about never leaving us nor forsaking us. It checks me every time. Boys, you thank you for that. That he keeps us where we need to be. That he cares enough in the middle of our wrongdoings and our mess. Brother Dennis, he comes. It don't matter if it's in a prison cell. It don't matter where it, don't matter where it is, but he comes and he keeps us in check. And he reminds us of who we should be. The Bible says we're supposed to be Christ-like. But this story is so beautiful and how this, this lady, Miss Mary, had came and she knelt at the feet of Jesus. A servant's heart is what I feel that she was. And how she gave the best that she had to, 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 the create, to, to Jesus Christ. Let me... Are you giving the best you've got? I was telling somebody, I believe it was last night, I, there's been too many times that I got too busy. And I would remember when I laid my, now there's nothing wrong with bedtime prayer. But my day would be spent chasing life. And I'd lay my head down. And I, it all come back to me. I finally got still enough. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. That I ain't stopped and took time to get with you today. And then after enough of those moments, I find myself three and four days at a time laying my head down and saying, Lord, please forgive me for it's been several days since I've even acknowledged you. And I'm a preacher. Think about that. That's happened in my life. Do you think that's the best that I've got? Brother Rayburn, not even close. And for us to think that a three or four or five minute prayer is enough, it's not. You know, I'll never forget that time I was in the middle of the message. And I've said this three or four times, but when... When God directed my attention in the middle of a message and he made me look at my family. Sitting right there in those chairs, in those pews. And he said, Ryan Watkins, those four right there is more than enough reason for you to give me all that you have. You know why? Because I'm leading them according to God's word. I am the head of my home. Are we giving him all that we have? You know, I thought of another thing. So that's a picture of us loving God. The second commandment says what? Love each other. So God's telling us what this morning? He's saying, I want you to love me with all of your heart. And secondly, I want you to take that very thing and I want you to love other people. I want you to share what's inside of you and give it to somebody. 
What good is it if you put it in a bottle and you set it back over here, amen, in the cabinet somewhere? What good is it? Quit boxing God up, amen. Quit bottling him up. Quit limiting him. Over in, the, over in God's word in John 13, it says this. In verse 1, thinking of this, he said to love others. He said, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father. Having loved his own which were in the world, he loved, did you, I got to say that again. Y'all need to hear that. Having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them until the end. And, and supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God. He riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. Got up from the table, amen, and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. <laughs> this ain't something people would normally want to talk about, but do you think that Jesus unclothed himself? Think about it. No. What did it say? Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper and laid his aside his garment and took and took a towel and girded himself. After that he poureth water into a basin. You know, I think about what did we just previously say about the woman that gave the best she had? Jesus is doing the exact same thing. Show us how we need to be humble. What did he say? The second commandment. As I said, love others. Jesus was given the perfect example. And knelt down. Now, I don't know about you. But it's not always pleasant to wash some people's feet. Nobody take your shoes off. I'm just kidding. I will say this. It is quite an honor when the Spirit of the Lord begins to move in such a way that water comes out in a tub and someone sits down and you humble yourself unto a place to where you wash their feet. 
I've been on both sides. I remember a moment in the old building over there where multiple people came and washed our pastor and his wife's feet. And then other folks. You say, ah, that's old school. That don't happen. Yeah, it can. It's a symbol of humbleness. The same humbleness that it takes for you to get where God can use you. I'll even go this far. You ever considered becoming humble that you washed your wife or your husband's feet? Think about it. What is God trying to tell us this morning? If our whole heart's not in it, the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You see, God's in it for the long haul. And so should we be. But the truth of the matter is we get too caught up and we get too prideful. We get too proud. We think we're too cool. We think we don't have to do what God wants us to do all the time. We'll do partly what we want to do and we'll do partly what God wants to do. We'll do just enough to get ourselves by. We get too hurt over people, what they say. We hurt people over what we say. And God's saying, love them. Love them. There is love in correction. There is love in buying food and going to give it to somebody. There is love in taking the shirt off your back and giving it to somebody. There's love in going down to your neighbor's house that you've never went down to his house before and knock on their door, Brother Danny, and just tell them, say, I don't know why I'm here, but God sent me, and I want to tell you that he loves you. Simple as that. One thing that is kind of funny, but it really ain't funny. That don't make no sense, does it? Our oldest daughter had got into a little bit of an argument. It was a little bit mean. With one of her really good friends. And me and my wife had a discussion with her about the importance of loving people. Truly caring for people. Because she's becoming nine years old tomorrow. And she's starting to get a little bit of sass now. You know? Y'all know what that looks like. And her friend came and told my wife about it. That it had hurt her. And the first reaction, now y'all don't look at me all that horrible, but just you know. But it's just being a kid. And it was a beautiful picture of how we need to be. And sitting and looking at it, last night we sat her down and we said, listen, you need to understand that there's more important things than just how you feel. It's not just about you. If you truly care about that friend, you're going to call and apologize to her and tell her you're sorry. Whether you feel you've done right or you feel you've done wrong. And you're simply going to do it because you love that person and you care for that person. And you're going to let her know that you're sorry. I can't do that. I don't want to do that. And then she went on and said, can I just text her? 
Y'all know what I'm talking about. That's the world we live in. Me and my wife talked about, we can't even have a face-to-face conversation. If I got a problem with Miss Marcel, I can't even walk up to her and say, Marcel, I'm so sorry that I done did that. We got to do it on text. It's the truth. You know what it is. Some of you wish anything, you just not have to get up and come to this altar today. You wish you could just text God and say, hey, I'm sorry. P.S. Please forgive me. We got to get real. It's a real thing. When God sent his very best in heaven to go lay himself upon a cross, it was real. It's not just a story we hear about in God's word. It's something that he done for everyone sitting in this room. And he done it for the reason that we as his people, when we are born again and we're changed, our life is completely changed. The Bible says, for the old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. For every sin that you committed, every wrongdoing that you committed has been washed clean. Today could be a brand new day in your life. Brand new. But it's going to take you getting together with him. And not literally, but basically face to face. Just opening yourself up and saying, God, here I am. And only then can you be the hands and feet of Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, this morning you will never be anything until you begin to start serving God to the fullest. I don't mean to hurt your feelings this morning, but until God is the center of your heart, you'll never be able to experience the fullness of God and what He has for you. And to the point to where you quit worrying about how much how you feel or how how good things are going on in your life and how often you're like, you just bebopping through life. I'm just so wonderful. I got all this stuff. No. It's when your heart turns from you and it starts looking. Say, Brother Jerry, what's, I've been praying for you, brother. What's going on? I, I know something's different. So on and so forth. Loving people like he loved us. And not being afraid to be the hands and feet of Christ. I promise you this. If you go in the name of the Lord and the Spirit of God is directing you. Whenever you get there, God's already prepared their hearts. One thing I want to add to this that I thought was pretty cool that the Lord showed me. When they took Jesus... And they nailed him to a cross. Where did they put the nails? In his hands and his feet. You know, that may not mean anything to you. Maybe that's just for me. But he's just, he's just, he's always just confirming things in my life. He said, Ryan, I really do have a purpose for you. And, and you know what? Sometimes I can't see that. It gets a little cloudy. It gets 
a little gray. But there'll be a moment just in time somebody will come up to work. They'll knock on the old door and they'll walk in there and sit down and say, Buddy, I need to talk to you. Or they'll grab me out on the yard and and one fellow grabbed me not too long ago. He said, Hey, man, I need you to pray for me. What they don't know is I'm ready to go. Amen. Some people says, Don't you pray for them? They'll be like, All right, I'll get you now. If we just get after it right now. But people, before you you bring all these corporate people in, and then somebody looks at you and they're looking around and saying, Ryan. Would you bless this fellow with prayer? People's listening. They're watching. And if you call yourself a Christian, if you have truly been born again, would they consider you to be the hands and feet? The hands and feet that love him so much to proclaim a message of the cross and a Savior that was nailed unto it. And gave everything away. You know, this morning, I know that the Spirit of the Lord is in the house. And I'm telling you, I got I got this morning, I couldn't even hardly practice the song that we were trying to practice. Because I really, I, what I really want to do is throw my guitar and take off running. Because the presence of the Lord was just bubbling up on the inside of me. You see, I've got a battle. i got a battle. And we're all walking in that battle. You have your own. The Bible says that God's won the war already. But through life, we have battles that we go through. And I'll tell you what, the old devil's been just bothering the heck out of me. And he tries to tell me that, that my... My kids won't be saved, tells lies, you know, well, you, you, you ain't done quite enough, you know, or, or, or maybe the opposite. You're doing just fine, Brother Ryan. You're doing just fine. You just keep going through the night forgetting them bedtime stories. They're hearing plenty at church. You don't worry about it. Ladies and gentlemen, I've got two babies that ain't never been born again. You think God ain't trying to tell me I better be on my feet? God's wanting me to do something great. He's wanting me to want me a living example. How many of you in here can say by raising by raising your hand that all of your children are saved? Raise your hand. All of your children. Leave them up just a minute. Now put them down. There's a lot of people that wasn't able to raise their hand. And now here's the here's the challenge. They have folks in that ain't where they need to be. We as God's people should be living in a place to where if this is our church, if this is what God's put together in New Life Ministries, then their desire for their children, for their husbands, whatever, to be saved. That should be our desire. To pray and love them and to help them through it. And when we see them, guess what? We'll hug their neck and say, listen, you know, I hadn't forgot about your son or your daughter or your or whatever it is, your sibling, your, your mother, your daddy. I'm still praying for you. 
God promised in Psalms that if we would pray, He would hear our cry. This morning, there's a lot of things that's going to be real going on in your heart. Look at life, how fast it is. Are you where God wants you to be? Are you doing the things that He wants you to do? Are you honoring Him with everything that you have? Are you putting God, are you loving God? Are you loving others? Are you being the hands and feet that God's called you to be? Because nobody's got an escape pass. He called us all to be a witness. Every individual. Now there's some of us going to be loud mouths. And there's some of us not going to be loud mouths. Some of us are going to sing. Some of us are not going to sing. Some of us are going to testify. And some of us might not be so much on testifying in public. We may testify with just us and one other. We may not be the one that prays out loud and lays hands on people. We may be the one that prays in our closet every night. You may not be the one that God sends all the time to go up, up to the store and to be a light to that cashier. It may be one person, but God knows what He wants in our life. The key to that is that we are doing exactly what He wants us to do, and that happens only through prayer, fasting, and studying God's Word. Getting ourselves where God can use us, surrendering our full hearts, that when we become the hands and feet of Christ, in a place of humility, when we stand before whoever that is, I don't care if it's the greatest enemy that we could stand, if I don't care in David's case when he stood in front of the giant, he fell. Not only did he fall, but David took the sword away from the enemy and he cut his head off and defeated the enemy. So it doesn't matter what you're saying today and you're thinking in your mind and in your heart that stands before you. There is nothing impossible with God today. No matter how great the circumstance is. Today what God is wanting you to do is fully surrender. Come to a place of humility where you're humble enough just as the day of those of you that's been born again where you got to the place where you said, God, I'm so sorry. Get back to that place and quit worrying about everybody. Quit pointing fingers and talking about so-and-so. All these things. Stop that and get to where God can use you. If your heart is perfectly in tune with God, His love will pour out of you. And then the, you will then be the hands and feet of Christ. And not only you, but people around you will begin to see the Holy Ghost working through your life. And then you're going to be that light of the world that's set on a uh, city on a hill that can't be hid. The beacon that's shining out for those people that's lost. As I said earlier in my life, when I went through this stage, when I was doing drugs, when I was drinking alcohol, when I was womanizing, I don't care to tell you that because God knows. God knows. I was living in a place that it seemed fun and it felt like that what the world, I had it all in the palm of my hand. But the truth of the matter is I was dying inside. I was dead inside. 
I was lost and dying inside. In that moment when I would go eat, and this is my story. When I sat in my granny's house, she would say, honey, I love you. I can't wait until you come sing for me at church. Honey, I love you. I cannot wait till you come sing for me at church. The way she felt about me was very important to me. Honey, you care to come to church with me this Sunday? Well, I sure do love you. Honey, I've made you something to eat. You want to come up here and sit down with me? Just come up here and we'll just eat. I got all kinds of stuff. Time after time after time. You know, I'm thankful for those people in my life. <clears throat> I don't know who that person is for you, but the message is the same. The Holy Spirit of God is coming and has came this morning to assure you that whatever you're facing, He's already got in His hands. He's taken and He's making some new things for you. But with that, you have to give back to God. How do you do that? You give your heart. You give all that you have and be the hands and feet of Christ. At a place of humility. Listen, that's so important. A place of humility. It's been too long since we've got down on our knees at home. And just simply said, Lord, I don't know what to say. But I'm right here. God, just show me. Guide me. Help me be the husband you want me to be. The father. The whatever it is. You know where you are this morning. Quit running from the Lord. Please. Please quit running from God. When you stop running from God and quit running from the things that God has for you. You know, it talks about giving. And if you give, it talks about how to give back. That's not talking about if I have $1,000 and I take it out of my billfold and I walk in front of everybody and say, Hey, Marcella. I don't have a thousand dollars. But it's those moments like we talked about when Brother Charles would walk by and he'd just shake your hand and there'd be something in between. You'd pull your hand back and you'd look and just say, What is that? not anything to do with how good we look or how big we may seem to the world. It's all about honoring Him and loving Him. This morning I want to ask.